no chance. Episode 62 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your hosts, Ryan and Nate. Nate's back this episode. Welcome back, Nate. Thanks. I mean, we were both gone for like the past week. We, uh, we, we were. It was a very, uh, very hectic week. We just came back from Hawaii. And like I said last episode, man, a little vacation. It's good for the mind. Yeah. Definitely a little vacation, <laughs> Definitely. A, a little vacation and a lot of drinking. A lot it's of good drinking, a lot of drinking. I yeah. think that's the most we've drank consecutively ever i think we okay so there are six of us on this trip and we drank i think two bottles almost two bottles a night to six people maybe maybe two and a half bottles yeah yeah. that's not including the beer that we drank yeah so we're on a a little hiatus from drinking well actually no we got a case of beer on the way here right now (laughs) um but maybe a detox after this week who knows i doubt it um but thank you guys for listening to this week's episode man i just want to say one thing just thanks, man. Like we're so grateful for everybody listening uh, on a on a weekly basis. Like and like we mentioned in the past couple episodes, we have an event on November twenty third, Black Friday, in San Francisco. So for all of those who are local, man, please come out. We're at Bar Fluxus in downtown San Francisco on Black Friday. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We got some really uh, the homies DJing. We got Nate on the merch. We're gonna have some really cool shit going down. So. Please come out, man. It's the first time we're doing this, and you want to be a part of it. I know everybody wants to be a part of the first time. I know, well, technically, my personal first time wasn't that great, if you know what I mean. But uh, that's Same. for another day. I don't think anyone's was. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Can we talk about one thing real quick? Sure. Before we get into, and we're going to do things a little bit different on this episode because we want to, it's been a long week and there's been a lot of shit going on in the world of streetwear. So we're going to shoot the shit on a couple topics. You know, we're going to drop a couple topics and, you know, we'll say our two pieces on it and then just move on. Something real quick. Before we get into that, I want to talk about one thing. I want to talk about gratitude. There's something about the word gratitude that lately has been... I don't know, like you put a lot of work into something and you feel like you're not getting too much out of it. So it's hard to be grateful for what it is that you're doing. Okay, you're going really left with right? this one. You know but what I mean? Right. You know Go what ahead. I mean? Keep going. So in terms of gratitude, I want to say like, this is why we say thank you in the beginning of every, every episode. We may not get what we want in terms of listens, what we, what we want in terms of followership or responses and comments and questions and that. But we always show gratitude in the beginning of every episode because... Having one person listen is like, that is it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, even if it's just Nate listening to the episode, I'm just like, all right, this shit is tight. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to mention one thing, and this is the shit that really took us over the the edge today. And it's actually something that's been out for a while. I mean, today is the ninth, seventh. Today's the sixth. Today's the sixth. This actually came out on the first, but is it, it was a random ass article. Let me just forward to the top. It was an article published by a outlet called Uproxx. I've never heard of them before in my life, but they listed us as the, well, one of the best, I wasn't going to say we're the only, but one of the best men's style podcasts to listen to right now. Can we get a round of a fucking applause? Like, I don't know who they are. I've never heard of Uproxx, but supposedly they're a huge media outlet of the likes of like GQ and what was that other one? Esquire. Esquire. And they listed us. 
as one of the best men's style podcasts to listen to right now. Now, we can only be grateful for being with underneath that umbrella with the likes of who else do we got here? We got High Snobiety's Dropcast. High the Dropcast. I've never heard of a lot of these other ones. I'm sure they're all great and everything. Um, American Fashion Podcast, never heard of them. Failing Upwards, I've heard of them before. Yeah. Those two dudes are sick. Um, they're originally from Complex or X complex employees they had a really good one with emily oberg that i listened to and they had a really great one with um jonah hill yeah recently um but right above them on the list now if this was numbered it'd be a little bit different but right above them on the list it says no chance it, it says radio, no chance radio, which is, is a bit of a bummer, but we know who it is at the end of the Technically day. Technically isn't inaccurate. Yeah, it's not inaccurate. We've yeah. took, taken that moniker once or twice before, but we are featured on this list of a pretty beefy list of, of, of men's streetwear, fashion, podcasts. And this is the line that really got us that was amazing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recite it real quick. I have it up. It says... Even though we love what hypebeast and italicized to actually resemble that of the actual publication, even though we love what hypebeast and high snobiety bring to the table, this podcast stays focused on streetwear in a way that they don't. And it is this focus that allows them to include much needed depth to a discussion of streetwear and its associated culture. Dude, Drop a so motherfucking funk mass master flex bomb on this shit. God <laughs> damn, man. Are you serious? That is crazy that was that was definitely the line that got me when i first read that too that is to even be compared to high snobiety and high beast is like such an honor like that's crazy and within the same field as them it yeah went, exactly with their podcasts yeah. and everything it's it's such a great honor like you just said yeah. and i mean hats off to them too they have like really course. good podcasts um and like i said just to be, be even mentioned to even be thought of in the same regard as those two publications like yeah. that's so crazy and like the comparison yeah the comparison me, man yeah. like that alone like you you aspire to be like that of your idols right but you don't yeah. want but you know that trying to mimic their every move isn't going to work for yourself because everybody has their own different ways of doing things yeah. but to to be within the same just the same ballpark whether we're looking from the the bleachers or not it's it's such an honor and like shout out to the person that wrote this article on at uprox man shout out to you for actually paying paying attention to what's going on in the really? world and how did you even find us like, i have no us, idea let us know how you found us yeah, That's exactly crazy. exactly if you're listening right now man shout out to to, to to you man we should probably get their name can you scroll up to the top yeah let me see do the shout out to uh, Aaliyah stern thank if you, you. If, if it's a girl if it's a guy regardless man shout out to you you're amazing thanks yeah. thanks for featuring us yeah appreciate that and that's what I mean by gratitude, man. Like, regardless of how much work you put in, always be grateful for for whatever it is that you do. The the fact that you are able to even create something and have the time and um and ability to do so, man. Always be be just be grateful in general because this shit's amazing. We didn't even ask for this. We didn't even know that this was happening. We just kind of stumbled on it. Um, and yeah, I mean, let's put a cap on that one and let's get into some streetwear shit and let's uh, let's shoot the shit on, on a couple of topics real quick. So I'm going to just name off some topics and you know, tell me how you feel about it. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. It's some real quick shit and it's a lot of stuff that we've been encountering on like social media and just like online as of recently. All right. The first one, Dover Street Market opens up in LA. Is that, are you into that? Yes. hundred percent. I'm super into I that. I fuck with Dover Street heavy 
we went to um god i just pronounced that like angelica wood that's so weird <laughs> uh anyways um yeah i mean when we went to dover street in new york that was one of, i mean i've been there a handful of times but just going there and just appreciating the space yeah in itself is an experience altogether um and I saw pictures of it because I had some friends that were in LA at the time when they opened up and it just looks crazy. Yep. Uh, I think Dover Street Market does such a great job of, you know, like we always talk about a store as being more than just a place where you buy product as it being an experience. So I think they do a really, really good job of that. And I fuck with them. Like, I like, the, I like the idea of stores being like, um, almost resembling that of of like a marketplace, like a, like a, like a flea market in yeah. a sense. Like if you were to go into Dover street and for those who haven't been to Dover street, um, I've had the pleasure of going to Dover street in, in New York with Nate and also in Japan and seeing how it's, it's like booths and it's yeah. not, even, it's like mini pop-ups for each booth. Exactly. If you look at it. That's what I love about it too, is that it's never, the store doesn't feel sterile. It doesn't feel like static. It, you go to like a different room to a different level and it's something different every time. Yeah. Um, which is what I love about it, you know? Yeah. And the, the, and like to your point, it, it isn't, it's very static. It's, it's consistently changing. And one of the things that I dislike about going into any streetwear store is knowing that if I were to go next week to, to grab an item, it's going to be the same thing. I'm not going to feel as if I'm, uh, you know, in an entirely different store. And we talked about this when it came to like Sarah Andelman and Colette, right? Going in there and her sort of having that creative control of how she wants the store to look anytime there's a new initiative there is what makes that store what it is. And yep. like Dover Street in itself, and you know they're going to blow the shit out of this thing in Los Angeles and make it, you know, the biggest, I would say like with within the next few years, probably bigger than the New York store on par with the with the Japan store, but being one of the central locations where all your favorite celebrities are going to go all the biggest brands. And that alone is fucking tight. And that's what L I think that's what LA needed because a lot of stores in LA, I mean, they just recently got babe back again. Um, they're, they're slowly getting back into the groove of like LA being like the hub of, of, of streetwear and, and, and unions popping off again. Like union used to be like a walk by store. Like they didn't really have the brands that people wanted at the time. And now like all these newer, larger brands are coming out. So shout out to Los Angeles, man. That's a fucking tight move. Yeah. Can we get some like six shit in SF though? Please, I know. please brands. I feel like please Dover stores. street would work out here. We have I a, so we have too. a Barney's Barney's works. We have a, a Neiman Marcus. Neiman Marcus is cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think fashion, is such like a niche community here in San Francisco. Yeah. But I think it would still work. Like it would, it would be like a one-stop shop for everybody that's like into Dover Street Market yeah. and like the brands that they carry, you know? I feel like that would be the the next step for yeah. for San Francisco. Yeah. If not that, obviously we have a Supreme. So it's it, it's within the, you know, it's yeah. on the timeline for for our city. All right, next one. Um I just recently watched this. I don't know if you saw this, but Whoopi Goldberg on sneaker shopping. I didn't see it. I saw the There's little, some clips out there that yeah, are really good. Yeah, I saw good. a clip of it. I didn't see the actual episode, but I fuck Whoopi. I didn't know that she was such like a like a style icon. Yeah, you didn't. Know, yeah, dude. I didn't. I did not know that. All I know is of her being on. I think she was on the Little Rascals. She was in that, right? Yes, she yeah, was. In she that. was in the Little Rascals. That's probably one of the only movies I remember her being on. But I didn't know that she was such an iconic like 
like the way that she dressed and like just her style in general. I loved her sunglasses. Yeah, because <laughs> she always wore them. She's like a Jonah Hill. Yeah, like that's a, a good like comparison. A female Jonah, like style wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. That's a good comparison. Like very under the radar, but then when you look at her, you're like, wow, she's like kind of fly, but in a low key way. Yeah, yeah. Joe Lapuma asked her like a really cool question on what she thought about like the current state of like streetwear and fashion, and she hit us with the big flex and like kind of mentioned like, yo, I've been doing this, like. Yeah. You better say thank you to me for putting you onto this style of like this Jerry Seinfeld, like weird trainer type dad shoes with like at the time it was like just like hella different patterns and textures. Like shout out to Whoopi, man. Like that's cool. She's a legend. Yeah, for She's sure. Still on TV too. Yeah. On a day to day basis. That's insane. And she also mentions, which is the next thing I wanted to feature, is she mentioned or they talked about Frank Ocean wearing checkerboard vans that in the White I House. I did see. I did see that part. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I honestly, I so what? Exactly. I mean, like, right? Who cares? I think it's sick. That's something that I feel like I would like I would do that. Yeah. I've uh, I remember uh Tony Hawk telling a story about him going into the White House for the first time and somebody handed him a skateboard because it's like, oh, like they're not going to know who Tony Hawk is if he doesn't have a skateboard, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, who's this guy on the skateboard? Like, oh, he looks like Tony Hawk. It must be Tony Hawk. Yeah. And then he was like, um, yeah, I was in the, in the White House and I had my skateboard and I was like, I'm going to be the first person to skate in the White House. So he just skated through the White House and like did it real quick, snapped a picture and was like, like it's those types of things that it's like, you got to leave your mark whenever you go to the White House some way, somehow. And he definitely did that wearing vans. Like, that's pretty tight. I mean, like, what does, what does that even matter? Like, does exactly, like, wearing vans to the White House take away from, like, I don't, I don't know. But do you like, know what's crazy is that there's this whole debate about this, like, Frank Ocean wearing them to the White House because it's not like a... As, like, a form of protest, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not even a form of protest, just not, a, like, a formality that you would technically do when you go to such a prestigious... Like yeah, it's an honor to go to the White House and yeah. people are just like bitching about like, no, you shouldn't be wearing sneakers. But it's like you go there, they invite you as yourself, as Frank Ocean. Like yeah. they know what they're going to get if Frank Ocean goes there. Like it's like, it's like inviting Cardi B to the White House and her not like trying to fight Look, somebody. Like, I, was, come on. I was literally just about to say like, if you invited the Migos to the <laughs> yeah, White House, like, like, what, what, what else do you, do you want them to wear? Like yeah. you got to leave your chains at home. Like, yeah. ah, come on now. Yeah. Um, okay. Excuse um, me, sir. Can you leave your bust down rollies <laughs> yeah. at the door? It's too shiny. It's yeah. blinding us. Yeah. Um, Ralph and Palace. I... I like the collab for what it is. I am personally probably not going to buy any of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I appreciate the thought behind it and I get it. Um, even though some people might not, we talked about this in not the, this past episode, but the previous episode before that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I like it. I think it works. I think it works overall as like a collection and a collaboration. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm, Personally, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not going to go out of my way to buy it, but yeah, you know. I, I'd say the same thing. I haven't, I don't think I've single handedly bought anything from Palace. We went into the store together. We saw the shit in there. It was cool. Yeah. Um, but it's not something that I feel like I can like I, it's mentally. I'm either a Supreme guy or a Palace guy. I don't know yeah. why that that's a dichotomy, but sometimes I, that's how I think. But I think this is really cool. Not only because it's, you know, it's a very, random collaboration but i think ralph has done a good job throughout its entirety of covering every sort of think of it as like a mindset like a, like a mindset right like if you want to be the rich guy 
skiing down the Alps, this is for you. Like this snow beach collection is what they, is what you wear. If you want to be the yacht guy, the sportsman collection is what you wear. If you want to be a polo player, this is what you wear. You wear the rugby's. This is what you do, right? If you want to be the preppy guy, you wear the polos. Like there's something for everybody. Yeah. But But if you think about skaters, it's like, what within that realm is for them? Yeah. Other than like, obviously we could repurpose polos, baggy, jeans the bucket hats all that stuff right but this is for skaters which is like a really cool realm that they've never ever covered before and i think that that like it's like a significant way of doing that with obviously one of uh with a skate company that makes sense to do it with i mean honestly i never really identified with ralph lauren or yeah polo neither uh i mean i i grew up wearing it as a kid because my mom would dress me in it yeah but yeah, no choice. I had no choice. And then when I was finally able to dress myself, I kind of wanted to like take a step away from that because I wanted to do like the whole streetwear thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, growing up in my, like during our time, like polo Ralph Lauren wasn't like a huge thing. It was more of a 90s thing, you know what I'm saying? So I never really identified with Ralph and polo like that. But I mean, I get what this collab is about and, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I, I I like it. I support it, but I'm not going to, you know, yeah, you're not gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate it from afar. Yeah. Like Ralph is cool for what it is. Yeah, and exactly. Stands for, but yeah. it's not for. for exactly. Us, and that's the thing. Say. Like I will, no one can deny that Ralph Lauren is such like a legendary designer brand, whatever. And you know, all praise goes to him, but yeah. we get hyped me. when we go to like the outlets and stuff and we yeah. see like the polo bear stuff. But I think it's just for like nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, oh shit. Like that's a polo bear towel, but it's like, I'm never going to walk out of the store exactly. with it or like, oh, there's a pillow, a flag, a flag pillow. Like, I actually just sold my uh, polo bear hat. Did you really? Uh, yesterday, actually. How much did you get? Did you I get got a like lot? 34. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like an $8 margin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Complex Con 2018 was just this past weekend. I honestly didn't see much coverage of it this year. I didn't either. Uh, the only thing that I saw was the Diamond Dunk release and how they had to, they had this whole ordeal. There's a riot. That, um, word, that word is used too loosely yeah, they throw that nowadays. Around these days. <laughs> like, do you know what a real riot is? Yeah. Like, a riot is like, t- I always assume riot means tear gas. If there's yeah. no tear gas, it's not a riot. If you're not like bleeding from your eyes, it's not a riot. Nope, not yeah. a riot at all. It's more of like a a, dis- a disgruntled discussion or yeah. something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I mean, to your point, like, there wasn't a lot of coverage. I felt like uh, for like some of the smaller brands, like their first time at ComplexCon, they're just like trying to get their their niche followers to be like, hey guys, like get excited with me. It's my first time. Like this is an experience for me. But for the larger brands, it just seems like one of those things where it's like, oh, here we go again. Like Yeah, I, that's, that's the thing too is like I didn't see much from a lot of the bigger brands. Yeah. Like Nike usually shows out. And they didn't this Adidas, year. Were they there? They weren't there this year. I don't know actually. I don't think so. I think... If they were, we just we would have saw like yeah, more yeah, of a yeah. presence online. Yeah. Um, I didn't really see much from like like you said like the bigger brands in terms of showing up at ComplexCon, um, and I but I like to your point, I did see more of the smaller brands like kind of promoting themselves like, yeah. hey, we're here, we exist. It was I felt like it was oh, excuse me, felt like it was more for them uh, to kind of show out. Yeah, and so. think about it, last ComplexCon that was the first ComplexCon, right? Like the year before. The year this is the third one. Well, I this think, year was the I third think one. it was the first one then. Like that was like memorable. We remember yeah. all the shoes that came out. We remember yeah. like all the they had like the diamond mini ramp with the with all like the shoes in it. Yeah. That like the I think that, that was last year actually. That was yeah, last year. Yeah, that was last we, year. Like we remember these things. We remember like the um 
what what brand is that? The one with the with the cats. Rippin' Dip did like the uh the wrapped Prius, right? Yeah. It was a wrapped Prius. Like that's just memorable, but this one just didn't stand out too much. Yeah, yeah to your point, yeah. I mean like what a bummer. I didn't even see anything on social media about it. I didn't see like not not anything. So how do you feel about that then? Is it is that like has that just hit the the the, the, the peak. peaked out? Has that peaked out? I don't know. I think like these experience things because hype fest was a, I want to say it was a dud. Yeah, I think in some ways yes because everybody kind of knows what to expect now. Unless like there's some drastic change in how these events are formatted, yeah. then I mean we can almost predict to the T what's going to happen. You're going to have long lines for like product releases. Like people are going to like quote-unquote riot have disgruntled discussions whatever you want to call it um but i mean other than that i mean what else is there people in street weren't very organized in general that's very true (laughs) very true so i wouldn't expect anything less than what you just said but i mean yeah i mean it's at the point now where someone has to make it different and if it and if it's the same thing next next year it's going to be the same kids it's like it, okay, if you guys have heard of like museums like the Museum of Ice Cream or stuff like that, it's yeah. like how many times can you go there and get like novelty from it? Yeah. Like how much more of an experience can you get out of it after going the first time already? So then, you know what I'm saying? So then is should the transition be then to take it away from this like like experience piece where you go once and you're over it or and transition that into Let's all combine our archives and create a museum where the revisiting factor is way higher with different exhibits on a weekly, monthly basis. Is that where it's at? I actually like that idea. That's not a bad idea. I feel like that would be like where you could take you. Like, fuck all this, like, shit, you could have a gift shop. Sell shoes at the gift shop, whatever. But fuck all of this, like, showcasing the brand stuff and... Let's just like we we could do that through social media. We're we're there already. You don't need an an, an agenda or a complex con. But I mean, if you guys want to invite us to cover it, that's fine too. But you don't need a complex con. You don't need an agenda. You don't need a hype fest as a small brand. I'm not talking about larger brands. As a small brand, to promote yourself. Exactly. Unless you have some crazy as gimmick up your sleeve, then sure, like exhibit it there. But. We just got to be more creative with how we showcase ourselves. Exactly. Not rely on these types of places to do so. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're planning on showing at an agenda, a complex con, a hype fest, whatever, like, yeah, go for it. That's that's a great opportunity to network, to get uh, yourself out there. Um, But I think as like a smaller brand, you kind of have to think about, you can't hedge all your bets on that Mm -hmm. one event. Uh, there's so many other ways that you can do it. I mean, yeah, it's 2018. Yeah. We have the internet. Of course. Um, so I think to your point, like we do have to be more creative with this sort of like experience, like driven thing where, I don't know, it just seems like it's, it still seems like it's more product driven than anything. Like, like I said, how much more of an experience can you really get? Like what is something that you, that you can bring to the table? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, especially at these, these, uh, exhibitions or exhi- whatever, it starts to blend. Like yeah. you, you're, you're around so many of the same type of people and you're talking about the same types of ideas and you're bigging each other up on the same shit. And then next thing you know, everyone's collection looks the same, Yeah, you know, and it's, it's kind of rough, but, um, when you get to that point, you just have to, everyone has that's there has to learn how to step back and realize that that is this complex con is not reality. Yeah. 
But to circle back to your point about the whole museum thing, I think that's a really good idea. I think in that sense, it's more about the appreciation as yeah. opposed to getting your hands on this or doing this. It's more about just kind of, like you said, taking a step back and appreciating streetwear, streetwear culture, and like anything and everything related to it and kind of appreciating it for what it is, what it was, like what it's like going to. Sure. Yeah. Oops. Well, I think uh, we're, we're, in a, we're in a really good headspace right now because we're constantly researching and constantly trying to understand the origins and why things the way, why things are the way that they are. Yeah. So for us, we want to know everything. We want to know the backstory of all the shit that we talk about. You know, it's, it's more relevant. But if we're in the stage of where we were maybe like two, maybe three, four years ago, yeah. we'd want to be at these things heavy, yeah. you know, like we want to. We want to be waiting in line. We want to be uh, trying to get pictures with all like the big celebrities and stuff like that. But I think for us, we're just in a different headspace with all that yeah. bullshit now. More of a, I'm more of an appreciate from a distance yeah, kind of person yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Um, last one. Um, Virgil Abloh in a recent interview basically says, and it's 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 a little muddied. Um, you know how they like to take headlines and. Um, kind of over exaggerate but he uh, sort of summarized in his comments he he mentioned streetwear as being a trap and uh, streetwear the word as being a trap what is what's the sort of like first instinct or what your first like reaction to a comment like that i mean i, I didn't see the article i didn't read the interview or whatever but i'm first of all my first question first my first oh jesus christ <laughs> It's been a long week. Uh, my first question is, what in what context does he mean a trap? Like the term, like does he feel like tr using the term streetwear boxes people in? Is that the context kind of yeah. that he's getting at? So I think it's the usage of the term streetwear by high fashion or fashion houses. So yeah. them calling something streetwear or them designating the collection as streetwear or them saying like we are streetwear now is considered a trap i think i think high fashion can make streetwear but i don't think it is nest i don't think it is streetwear if that makes sense they can copy what streetwear is but it will never be streetwear i think there's such a distinct line and you know that's, that's up for debate like some people think it's such a blurred line between like what is high fashion what is streetwear it's all kind of blended in but if you take a look at it there still is like streetwear out there you still have the likes of a Stussy or like a supreme kind of like they do collabs with louis vuitton whatever um but i think there still is like a distinct line between what streetwear and high fashion are respectively you know no that's a good point and when you say like these high fashion brands can make streetwear, but they aren't streetwear. That, that, that is the, the, the dot, right? That's the period. Like this, that is the statement, you know, like I don't consider Gucci to be streetwear. I don't consider Balenciaga to be streetwear. I don't consider Prada and Fendi and all these like companies that are coming back as streetwear at all. You can wear it alongside of your streetwear, you know, like they mix and match, but literally they are not streetwear. They can make streetwear pieces, streetwear inspired stuff, but inspired, well, inspired, is the exactly. Key, key phrase. But there. will will a Louis Vuitton ever be streetwear? I don't think so. Not in a million years. Like. Louis Vuitton as a brand is literally the antithesis of what streetwear is. So they they can they can copy but they can't be streetwear. So what about a so if it they collaborate with a streetwear brand? Yeah. I'd say like that's streetwear. 
So like yes. like the Supreme Louis Vuitton is now technically streetwear. It's like they're basically the the two brands are basically having sex, and once that happens, I mean, it's half streetwear at that point. Um, but I think I think the comment is it, it makes a lot of sense because it's the same thing that. Um, Fuck, we covered this in a, in a recent episode, but it's the same comment as oh, Heron Preston mentioning that there is no, there is really is no more streetwear anymore. It's kind of just if it's if the, the term Virgil mentions as what it should be now is just using the word relevant. This clothing is relevant because if it's re- if it's relevant, kids on the street are going to be wearing it. Yeah, if it's irrelevant. Nobody cares about it. Nobody's buying it. It's not in the streets. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of where he's going with it. It's like, all right, you can't be streetwear. Not everybody's going to be streetwear. But if you want to be in the streets, just call yourself relevant. Like, your shit's relevant right now. And yeah. I think that's a good term. I think that's a, um, a great angle that he wants to take. But also at the same time, you can be streetwear, but be irrelevant. Oh, of course. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of irrelevant streetwear brands exactly. out there. Exactly. So I think... It's like a fucking Venn diagram of yeah, like, am I streetwear, am I high fashion, am I, am I it's relevant? It's like a three-part Venn diagram. Yeah, it's just yeah. complicated, man. Like, well, this is actually going to become a little bit more complicated as we get into the next topic. Yeah. So, But this is good. This kind of is a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. So, High Snobiety just released an article that basically talks about this idea of a streetwear bubble. Now, we're going to get into a lot of streetwear economics 101 terms in this episode but i wanted to break down what high snobody sort of speaks about of is this bubble of streetwear going to burst right so the idea of a bubble is basically that there's this supply and demand and everybody wants this product but once people get their hands on this product the idea of trying to sell this product for more and more money to the people that want it tends to increase, right? So say, let's let's use like a simple example of like a box Lego hoodie, right? Initially, they were about 128 to 138, and there were only, say, enough for a certain amount of people. So once that group of people have those box Lego hoodies and 5, 10, 15 times that amount of people want that hoodie, guess what? Now my hoodie is worth some money, Yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm gonna try, I'm gonna sell that hoodie for a lot of money, and then that person is gonna there's gonna be another person that's willing to spend more money for that hoodie, and next thing you know, that box logo hoodie that was 128 is now worth close to like 1,200, <laughs> with yep. like a crazy ass mark. Simple supply demand. Exactly. Now graph. the idea of a bubble is essentially that price of that hoodie becoming so high, 1,200 maybe at, at some point I've seen them go for 2,800 whatever to a point where nobody's even going to buy for that price. And next thing you know, nobody gives a shit about it because it's worth it's so expensive that it becomes irrelevant. Yeah. Or they produce so much of it that it becomes irrelevant. And then that's called a burst of a bubble. Yeah. And then nobody cares about box logo hoodies anymore. Um so basically high body breaks down this idea when it comes to streetwear into a five-step sort of understanding of what or five yeah, five steps that lead to the bursting of a bubble. So I'm just going to read them just so you have a little bit of context. But the first step of this streetwear bubble is called displacement. And they explain it as um, occurring when a new paradigm is touted, basically saying that there is this new way of doing things within the world of buyers or people who have money uh, for stuff. So for example, the drop, right? Releasing exclusive shit, releasing limited quantities, releasing something that is 
something that of importance yeah to people. highly coveted highly coveted shit then it turns into this thing of a boom so what became a, a slow drop of like oh we're going to release a limited amount of these hoodies these shirts box logos whatever now all of a sudden that demand is like holy shit like it's way more than what we can supply or what we want to supply and now everybody wants it because it is now highly coveted and rare um then it turns in, into the third step which is called euphoria which is basically everybody fucking wants it it becomes hysteria everyone's fighting that's where we get sneaker riots or, or, and that's where you get like this whole complex con thing is everybody just wants the fucking item whatever that item is yeah then it turns into profit taking which i think is the stage that we're in today of reselling StockX round two um in which the people that have the information, the people that have the knowledge to get these really highly coveted items, go out and get them. And the rest of us, which is most of us on a Thursday afternoon, are sitting at home with, well, at least money in our pockets, but with a sense of failure. <laughs> and then the final step when the bubble bursts is because, well, now nobody can afford the more expensive shit. And we're all panicking and we don't know what to do. So we just give up and now that item is just floating in fucking purgatory yeah. <laughs> and nobody Street wants Streetwear purgatory. Right? So that is the sort of really brief five-step plan or five, not even five-step plan, but five-step transition from this new idea coming out, this new idea, this new item um, that is super highly coveted to that item becoming really, really popular to crazy popular to now it's worth more than I can expend on, an, on a particular item to... Oh, shit, I don't even want that item anymore. Yeah. Which is technically how I feel about Supreme a lot of the time. It's like, man, I'm not even going to fucking try, you know? Exactly. I think you were correct in saying that we are kind of at step four right now. Profit taking. Um, yes. But even then, I feel like that's kind of dwindling down. Like, I noticed, like, I'll check resale prices of the hottest drop that's coming out. Yeah. And I'll be like, this is like five, this is like hundreds of dollars less than I expected it to be. Well, that's, know? that's the thing that I wanted to talk about real quick was this idea of demand being really high, but supply being really, really high. high too. Yeah. And that's not a really common thing when it comes to like economics, right? Like yeah. one of them is supposed to, to flatten out at some point, but yeah. for some reason, everybody's making everything for everybody now exactly so basically if you're thinking about it oh, fuck what did i take yeah i took econ <laughs> it's basically it's a it's a one-to-one -one ratio almost yes like for every one consumer you have one product whatever it is not necessarily for everything but that's almost what it seems like there's so much quantity out there already and here's the thing it's not limited to, to one specific product it's oh it's consumer choice. Like the consumer has so many options that if they can't get the Supreme box logo, they're going to opt out for something. Yeah, else. Exactly. We can, I'm going to go console myself with something else. I'm going to go buy this or buy this because I want to spend my money. And if I can't get what I want right now, there'll be 10 other things that I want. That and I can that's, spend my the, money that's on. the crazy piece about it is because realistically in a, in a, in an economy like this, we have the, the money so we have the power right yeah. the consumer makes the choice because the buying power is i would say the most important most important part to this game it's what do i want to buy whoever has that is going to get the money the other brands that aren't making that are going to figure out somehow to make that for me um so it gets really comp really complicated in that sense because 
it's hard to determine whether or not we're in a bubble. And like to Heisen Abadi's point, like they have all the steps, but you can't really dictate a bubble occurring until after the shit happens. Yeah, I mean, it. We can't really look at we we need statistics exactly like hard like facts to go upon to kind of say are we in a bubble like yeah we can say we're in a bubble because that's how we feel mm-hmm. but is this actually a thing um i mean like just like with anything in economics you kind of need proof of what's going exactly. on before you can say something so. you can base things on trends and yeah. we've done that before like we've we've seen this idea of like you could call the nike sb like shoe trend sneaker freaky like this the 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 trend around uh nike sb shoes you can call that a bubble yeah like that is a good example of a bubble because at one point that was the most highly coveted shoes at the time that's literally what started like this idea of being a sneakerhead is i need all the sbs i need the supreme dunks and once those things became so fucking expensive nobody gave a shit about them anymore but with other factors being trends and we didn't want chunky shoes anymore things like racers and trainers started to come out but let me ask you this do you think a trend is driven by people not wanting to pay ridiculous amounts of money for something or do you think it's solely because they like that new trend you know what i'm saying do you think a new trend is just an alternative to something they couldn't you know, get their hands on before. All right. No, I, no, you have to ask that question yourself because I've noticed a lot with you is like, you don't tend to wear like some of the more expensive brands, but you kind of keep it simple to like what's cool to you. Yeah. And like you, t- you tell me about this because you don't wear like the crazy expensive shoes. I mean, specific to some, but you don't go out of your way to buy Supreme and buy like the Balenciaga and all that other stuff. So what you end up wearing ends up becoming a trend at some point, but it's not because you were trying to be trendy. It's because you weren't trying to spend hella money on the other stuff. Yeah. So you found something that was more within your realm of like you. I think I think it's a combination to answer my own question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, answer your own question here. This is I guess it's a combination of both because one, like of course I'd you know, I don't have a lot of money to spend. So yeah. I'm going to buy something that I think looks cool, but also isn't going to break the bank. Makes um, sense. And two, I'm going to get something that I like, yeah. uh, that I value because, I mean, I like it, so I'm going to get it. Exactly. You know? And that makes a lot of sense. And and within this, this I don't know, I want to make a chart or something, within this world of or the streetwear economics, in talking about this bubble, there's, a, there's a two topics that I want to talk about real quick. And one of them is basically talking about intrinsic versus extrinsic values, yeah. right? And this is super, super ingrained into the streetwear world because these two types of values is what dictates that of this streetwear shit costing so much. We should, uh, <laughs> we should teach like a streetwear economics That'd course be sick, at like right? Stanford or StockX Stock sponsors it. Yeah, that'd be kind of tight. <laughs> that'd be sick. Yeah, we're gonna have to delete this idea yeah. from the episode. <laughs> but let me talk about intrinsic values real quick because intrinsic values is this idea that what it is that you're buying or whatever that product is, it, it, it's by itself. It's mutually exclusive from everything else in the world. So. To bring it back to box logo hoodies, which I feel like is the best reference that we can make, is imagine a box logo hoodie not being associated with that of Supreme. Say this hoodie is in 
let's talk about a thrift store, right? Say sure. you know nothing about clothing. Say you're just cold, you you need a sweater, it's the winter time, and you find this box logo hoodie that's completely separate from the Supreme brand, and you're just like, I just need a hoodie. I need I care about my warmth. That good Canadian about, fleece. I, that, yeah, that CYC fleece. Yeah. I care about my well-being. All I care about is getting home through the snowstorm, and this hoodie is going to do that for yeah. me. That is an intrinsic value. It is more about yourself rather than anything else outside in the world. That's the one thing. Now, extrinsic values is currently what a lot of people for in the street really, out there. really <laughs> focus on is how does this item benefit not only myself, but that of Everybody else. And I don't mean benefit others as in, I'm going to put this sweater both on me and Nate. And we're going to both be warm. That would never happen. But it's more so going to be, if I wear this sweater, what's Nate going to think about me? Yeah. You know, it's a it's a, a thing about your character and like what this, what this does, not only for myself, but for everybody else, particularly in a negative way. Yeah. <laughs> like, how does this make other people feel when they see me wear this? That is an ex- intrin- extrinsic value. Now, you combine those two things and you get the total value of what that shit's worth. And for a box logo hoodie, if I want to be warm, that's one thing. But if I want to flex on a million other people, oh, best know oh, that, that's that worth hoodie's worth more. a lot of money. <laughs> 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 and this is this is the mindset of a lot of people in streetwear now in, in the resale market in the streetwear world is it's not about what I want from this anymore right because we could buy any clothing we want and just yeah. wear it and be warm and and match and do whatever but yeah our mind kind of sways more towards this intrinsic mo- extrinsic motivation and that's what streetwear is driven by and it's fucking ridiculous I think so I mean I think that's just again for the 62, 62nd episode in a row. That's just a product of the time that we're living in, you know? Like, of course, like, everyone back then and the fucking since, you know, I'm sure cavemen wanted to look fly, too. I'm sure you know they do, with the fine claw. Yeah, that good claw. <laughs> that good mammoth skin. Yeah, good mammoth skin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that, fuck, I totally lost the where OG flexors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but what I was saying is that, you know, it's just a pro- extrinsic motivation. It's, of course, it's going to be the bigger factor in calculating what is valuable because that's just a product. That's a product of the time that we're living in, you know, yeah. social media, the internet, all of this. It's more about what is this going to get me as opposed to like keeping me warm or, you know, you know, like what is this going to do for me in terms of like my social standing? I feel like is there was always this running joke between people who wore like streetwear clothes to where, whether it's in the forums or between friends, it's always like, what guy are you trying to impress? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's always the sentiment of like, what guys are you trying to impress? And then, and to those that, you know, felt insecure about that, it's probably because you were trying to flex for other people people or not even just guys just other people and we talk about this on the episode every week is that in order to retroact this it's like we're uh, economists now we're like predicting trends like in order to like get away from this idea of like fuck man why is everything so expensive like everything's selling out everything's expensive it's because to be honest a lot of people are very insecure with themselves and they're they know that if they don't have this item then they're not going to be current they're not going to be on trend. Yeah. And it's they're going to somehow fall from the rankings of cooldom. It's a it's a vicious cycle, you it's know. It's a crazy cycle. You see something on social media and you're like, "All right, I got to have it otherwise I'm not cool." 
you know, oh, insecurity. Man. That's all. Oh man. And then you end up not getting it or you end up do getting it. And then it's like, all right, repeat. Like I didn't get that. Great. I'm going to buy something else to make me feel cool. Oh, I did get that. Great. I feel cool. What's the next thing I could buy? It's like a, it's like cool? a high. It's like, a, yeah. it's like a bump. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, you get those off white shoes. You're like, fuck yeah. Like I got it. And then appropriately named. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you get that off white, yeah. you bump you that, that shit, white and now you're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you wear it one time or you just keep it in your closet and that's it, man. The high comes from from getting it because you know what that means to have it. Yeah. And in and it in order to stay away from this idea, this metaphorical idea of a streetwear bubble, which to be honest, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But I think the me- the mentality has to change in order to keep this true to ourselves. Is we have to switch from an extrinsic mindset to an intrinsic one, man. Like let's go back to clothes being clothes and like. I'm getting these shoes because I like these shoes. Like yeah. I don't give a fuck who likes my shoes. Like a com- like a comment nowadays for myself when somebody's like, "Oh, those shoes are tight." I'm like, "Cool, man. Like, thank yeah, you. Like, thanks. I'm just wearing them because I like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the mentality that I think we have to have and bring it back to the fundamentals of like why we like clothes. Yeah, know? exactly. And why streetwear is even a thing. You exactly. know, like the roots of streetwear is no one wasn't trying to impress anybody. It's just people were trying to make shit for themselves because there wasn't anything out there for them. You know, they were trying to kind of make their own way for, you know, themselves and like-minded people. So I think just going back to that route and like you said, just kind of focusing more on that intrinsic motivation as opposed to like an extrinsic and focusing on like what other people think of me, like how is this going to help me climb the social ladder? All these different ideas, like, yeah, maybe we need to take a step back from that yeah. and just learn to, like I said, with the whole museum thing, just learn to appreciate streetwear for what it is and appreciate this culture for what it is and where it's been and like where it's going. The you know motivations were different. Yeah, exactly. Like back then, like, the, and you made a good point back then it wasn't about like, oh, like, like I gotta make a, I gotta make a streetwear brand. Like I gotta have a clothing brand because like, it's cool now. Like I want to be a complex con. I want to yeah. be, you know, I want to be next to Jeff Staple and Benny Gold, whatever. Back then it was like, you know, nobody's making clothes that speak to us. Yeah. You know, like there's no meaning behind, I mean, for some people, for Polo, for Tommy, like I don't, I don't correlate with any of this because stuff. Because going back to your Ralph Lauren comment is that people repurposed like appropriated stuff, but they didn't have anything of their own yeah. back then. So they had to make it. Yeah. So, and it's because it's what they liked. And that's kind of like the core value of what streetwear is and how it kind of started. Exactly. You know? I mean, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. And so what do you, th- where do you think we go from here then? Like if this metaphorical streetwear bubble were on its way to bursting the same way as if climate change is going to be melting all the polar ice caps. If By we 2030. Get, if we get to that point, right? Yeah. Um, what's a way that we can sort of retroact that? And we kind of touched on it a little bit, but what can we do to sort of get out of that mindset of, fuck, man, I'm not reselling this. Like, I yeah. like this shoe. Yeah. You know? how, do we, how do we get to that point? I think brands right now are kind of moving in that direction. Um, like, for instance, you saw that Jordan not for resale. Like, yeah. Uh, shoe that they just dropped or two pairs of Jordan 1s that they just dropped. I think brands are now are more aware of kind of the space that they're in and kind of what the culture is about right now, which is, again, like we talked about that fourth step of profit taking, you know? Yeah. Um, I think brands are headed in the right direction and, you know, going circling back and really learning to appreciate like their roots, where mm. they come from, like their story, their narrative. Um, 
And I think you see a lot of that with like the OG streetwear brands. Like Union always does like a good job of like, hey, they always do a really great job of telling either their narrative and kind of circling back or telling someone else's narrative and kind of going back to the roots of how things were. Um, So I think that's kind of a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, I believe that, especially with the the the, the Jordan uh, example. That's a really good one. Like they understand what space they're in, and yeah. you have to start. Uh, people don't understand that the, all these stores that exist nowadays, the Kith, the fucking Dover Street Market in Los Angeles, these did not exist previously. And if you know what's inside these stores, it's every brand from the Balenciaga to the Nike. And now that's a major price gap, right? So if you if you're thinking about if you're a kid there's no money, right? And you go into these stores. What are you going to what do you what do you buy as a kid that has that barely has any money when you go into like a Kith or like a Dover Street? What do you well, look for? Oh, I'm buying the cheapest thing. I What what, getting, what was that mostly though? I'm getting like a t-shirt, like a t-shirt. Or I'm getting like socks, sometimes like even some, a sticker. Yeah, like a <laughs> right? souvenir, like, like some sort of like any memento. souvenir, yeah. right? Like the the price gap is so drastic in a lot of these places that you're going to start to see the way you mentioned brands like starting to create stuff for everybody of all price ranges of everything to create you know that's the supply is going to be fucking out of the roof yeah you know what i mean and and that's where brands are going to have to take it is like man i uh, i really want to stay true i'm going to stay true to my roots i'm going to i'm going to make everything but i have to understand that my stuff is in the same under the same roof as nike and they're offering their shit at a price margin that's 50 times lower than mine so more often than not, I'm never going to get to that kid that potentially wants to wear my shit. So I got to bring it back to the back to the basics. And, you know, it can't be all the frills all the time. So why not just fuck it? Buy a Balenciaga sticker. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, this is a this is a good point because this is something that we're currently in. This is the state of streetwear right now. It's um, it's something that we have to we have to think about is because it, do we want to get sucked into this whirlwind of of consistently trying to buy clothes for that of not only reselling, but for that of other people, which potentially is for uh, reselling at the same time? Or do we want to start focusing more on clothing being that of who we are and actually resembling our sense of style and what trends we're into? Because back in the day, you see somebody wearing a certain outfit of clothing, you kind of had an idea of who they were. Exactly. Right? Exactly. The goth kids really stood out, and they they repped Misfits huge. And you know yes. you saw a Misfits t-shirt. Sold out a Hot Topic, for exactly, sure. Exactly, right? And you see a kid with a Misfits t-shirt on now, you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. You'd be you like, uh, so what are you into? Like, You, you like punk rock? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to, to our point, man, like, we say this every episode, man, stay true to yourself and just kind of, dude, where, don't follow whatever the fuck's going on on social media. I mean, like use it as an information platform and more yeah. than anything but else. But don't let it control you. Don't let it control you, man. Like, dude, that shit is, that shit can get in your head for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I think that's where we stop, man. We got to the point, I th- no, real talk. Probably my favorite episode. This was a really good episode. Probably my favorite. Probably because I'm still riding this high of like us being <laughs> featured in the article. Yeah, yeah. It's probably my favorite. I episode. haven't come down yet. So, um, but thank you guys, man. Thank you guys again for for listening. Thank you guys for listening every week. And to for us to get more features on platforms like this on Uprocks, please keep listening. That's all it's gonna take. You just listen, listen every week. Tell your friends. Tell your family. That's all that. That's all it's gonna take. So to that point, thank you guys. Thank you guys, and we will catch you next week. Peace. 
Yo, don't forget, if you'd like to continue the conversation, be sure to follow us at No Chance Podcast on all social platforms. And make sure to use the hashtag HeyNoChance so we can see your questions to address on future episodes. We'll catch you later. Peace. Peace.